Hey, hello guys. So today we're going to talk about vaccines, but I just would like to issue a quick disclaimer. All the information today is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We are not doctors, thus you should always double-check the information provided in today's episode concerning vaccines with a health expert. Hey, hello. Welcome to the Nomad Tactics Podcast. Here, provide a complete how-to guide for digital nomads. I'm your host, B, and I'm joined by the co-host, Jack. Today, we're going to talk about vaccines that are relevant for digital nomads. I will start with a quick summary of the episode. First, me and Jack are going to exactly define the aim of today's episode. After that, we're going to contextualize the topic within our digital nomad life system. Then we're going to talk about some general facts about vaccines. Following that, we're going to talk about if vaccines are really necessary for digital nomads or not. Subsequently, we're going to provide the list of the main vaccines you might consider getting. After, we're going to talk about the things to check and consider prior to start taking the vaccines. After that, we're going to talk about where and when to take vaccines. And finally, we're going to talk about diseases that currently have no vaccine against. I hope you enjoyed the episode. So, hello, Mr. B. Hello, Jack. So, today we're going to talk about vaccines, and we're going to go over the vaccines that are relevant to digital nomads to take. Yeah, that's right. In previous episodes, we already talked about a number of health-related things. So, we talked about preventing mosquito-borne diseases, how to eat safely on the road, which medications make sense for you to take with you as a digital nomad. So now is the time to talk about vaccination. Yeah, Mr. B, I think as usual, we should probably put this topic into our digital nomad life system. If you don't know what the digital nomad life system is, it is a six-step system that aims to help people going from a normal life into a digital nomad life. So Mr. B, where would you put this topic into which step of the system? So the topic today would fit the first step of our system. And the first step of our system is called a nomadic life prep. So the best way to understand the nomadic life prep step is as all the actions that someone needs to take beforehand to optimally transition from a normal stable life to a digital normal life. So, of course, there are many areas that we cover within this step of our system. Some of the main areas being things like finances, logistics, and even psychology. So, the vaccines that you will take will be some sort of logistical consideration or strategic consideration you're going to make. We advocate you should deal with this thing, vaccinations, within your home country 
prior to starting your new digital nomad journey. So because of that, we place this topic in the first step of our system. Yeah, Mr. B, before we go into the list of vaccines you should take, why don't you give us a quick overview of vaccines? Sure, Jack. So I will not extend myself too much here uh, explaining exactly what vaccines are, since, as I said in the beginning, I'm not a doctor. As you said, perhaps it would be important to contextualize a little bit better the topic of vaccinations and provide some quick facts about those. Vaccines obviously have the aim of protecting you against certain disease, basically by teaching your body to create specific types of antibodies that fight the disease. So I see vaccines as a sort of precaution in a similar fashion to a seatbelt. You don't take vaccines expecting to contract the diseases when you are abroad, but if you do contract those, you will be very glad that you took the vaccine in the first place, since we'll be much more likely you're going to have a much milder disease. So the majority of vaccines are taken as prophylaxis, meaning that you take those prior to contracting the disease in the first place in order to diminish the chances of acquiring the disease. The notable exception here is the rabies vaccine, which we will talk about, because the rabies vaccines you take both as a prophylaxis as well as a treatment. There are many different types of vaccines. So you have inactivated vaccines, you have live attenuated vaccines, protein subunits, among other types. Also, another important thing to be noticed about vaccines is that depending on the specific one, there might be required more than one dose in order for you to be immunized. I see, but Mr. B, are vaccines necessary for digital nomads? So I would say that the majority of travel vaccination is not strictly required. Having said that, it seems to me that it makes total sense for digital nomads to take travel vaccines, since these tend to be relatively inexpensive, with a few exceptions that we will cover. Also because vaccines can provide great protection against some very deadly diseases. Some vaccines are indeed required to enter in some countries, as we will see. The yellow fever vaccine being the paramount example here, since this vaccine, more specifically the so-called yellow card, which is the certificate of immunization for such vaccine, being required to enter in some countries around the world. I think there is one big additional reason to consider taking travel vaccines. This is due to a phenomena called cross-reactive immunity. Cross-reactive immunity is when there is a creation of antibodies that in this instance were triggered by the vaccination that recognize and provoke a similar robust immune response to a closely related antigen. In other words, this means that you might get a vaccine against a certain disease X, but that vaccine might have, let's say, a secondary effect of also protecting you to a certain extent against other diseases. So this means that your immune system is going to be boosted overall, which is, of course, a great thing. Overall, I think it makes total sense 
to get vaccinated as a digital nomad with as many vaccines as possible, since one of the worst things, in my opinion, is to get sick abroad, especially when we are dealing with a very serious disease. All right, Mr. B, so now we have established why people should take vaccines. We should go into the list of vaccines that people can take. I know, Mr. B, you want to do two observations before going to the actual list. So the first observation that I would like to make is that, as you said, now we will present a list of the main vaccines you might consider taking as a digital nomad, as well as their corresponding characteristics. These are things like how long the vaccine protects you, the cost of the vaccine, which countries the disease is present, among other things. But notice that these characteristics we are about to present might change a little bit from country to country depending where you're going to be inoculated with the, the vaccines. So, of course, the cost is going to change to a certain extent. The exact type of the vaccine against the disease might change. So in one country might be single dose, in another country might be two doses. So there is a degree of variancy there. The second observation that I would like to make is that we will present this list and we're going to divide vaccines into different categories. So these are things like routine vaccines, recommended travel vaccines, restricted vaccines, and required vaccines. So keep in mind that some of the items in a category might overlap and they might be present in another category also, which means that Something that might be considered a routine vaccine might also be a required vaccine for some countries. All right, Mr. B, so let's start with the list. The first category in the list is routine vaccines. So I will not extend myself too much here because routine vaccines are the kinds of vaccines the majority of people already took when they were either a child or a teen. And these are not related to travel. These are simply vaccines that almost everybody takes. So some examples of routine vaccines are things like the MMR vaccine, the polio vaccine, hepatitis A vaccine, hepatitis B, tetanus, among other vaccines. The important thing to notice here is that the routine vaccines will vary to a certain extent from country to country. In one country, hepatitis a might be a routine vaccine, but in another country, it might be a more optional kind of vaccine. I see. So the second category in the list is recommended travel vaccines. So the first vaccine here in this category is typhoid fever. And typhoid fever is a bacterial infection that spreads through contaminated food or water. In most countries, this is a single injection. And the protection lasts about two years. The cost of the typhoid fever vaccine is about 60 pounds. So all the prices that I'm about to present are in pounds since I did my vaccinations in the UK. Typhoid fever vaccine is recommended for people that are going to Central America, South America, Asia, Africa, and some Pacific islands. So the second vaccine in the list is rabies. Rabies is a viral disease contracted by the bite of an animal, usually raccoons, bats, dogs, skunks, or foxes. It affects the central nervous system and brain, leading to death if untreated. So this type of vaccine has 
three injections over one month. The protection lasts over five to eight years. So the cost of this vaccine is 240 pounds for all the doses. And it is recommended for South America, Middle East, and Africa. The next vaccine here is the cholera vaccine. So cholera is basically an infection in the intestine caused by a bacteria. Cholera is spread through contaminated food and water. And in most countries, it's a single-dose vaccine. The protection is going to last one to two years. The cost is going to be around 80 pounds. And it is recommended for people that are planning to visit some African countries like Egypt, Morocco, and Congo. So the fourth vaccine in the list is meningitis. There are a few different forms of meningitis. Usually when you take the vaccine, it will be against a number of different forms of meningitis. Basically, it is a bacterial infection that affects the brain and the spinal cord. It spreads from person to person via coughing, kissing, or eating contaminated food. This type of vaccine has single injection. The protection lasts over three to five years. It costs around 80 pounds, and it is recommended for Africa and the Middle East. The next vaccine here in our list is the Japanese encephalitis vaccine. So Japanese encephalitis basically is a disease spread through mosquito bites. Um, in some cases, Japanese encephalitis can lead to death due to uh, inflammation in the brain. Um, in most countries, this is a type of vaccine that you're going to require two doses over a month. The protection is going to be about one to two years, and the cost is going to be 200 pounds for the two doses. It is recommended for people that are planning to visit Asia. So the last vaccine in this category is yellow fever. Yellow fever is a mosquito-borne viral disease that can be deadly. Severe cases of the disease can lead to hepatitis, hemorrhagic fever, and possible death. This type of vaccine has one single injection. The protection is over a lifetime, and it costs 90 pounds. It is recommended for South America and Africa. So these are all the recommended travel vaccines. And if you add up the cost of all of those vaccines listed, it's going to be around 750 pounds, which is roughly $1,000. Therefore, with around $1,000 to $1,500, you will most likely going to be able to get vaccinated against the majority of the diseases listed in most countries around the world. And one important thing to remember is that vaccination is kind of a one-time-off cost. So you just going to need to pay for that once and perhaps never pay for it again or only after many years for a booster shot. So, Mr. Bree, so we have finished the recommended vaccines. Now let's go into the restricted vaccines. So, yeah, restricted vaccines are also travel vaccines, but as the name suggests, they are more restricted. So it's harder to get access to those or perhaps even impossible, depending on the country that you are. So the first vaccine here in the list is the Ebola vaccine. Now, there are a couple of different Ebola vaccines, not a single one. I believe the initial one got the full approval in 2019. 
Nonetheless, the Ebola vaccine, it's still quite hard to get, depending on the country in which you are. And in some countries, the use is very restricted. The second restricted vaccine here is hepatitis E. And the only place, as far as I'm aware, in which you can get this vaccine is in China. Then you have the malaria vaccine. Malaria, it's an infamous mosquito-borne disease that currently have no wide access vaccine against. There are some parts of the world in which you can get this somewhat experimental malaria vaccine. And finally, the last restricted vaccine here is the dengue vaccine. So the dengue vaccine is only advised to be taken by certain people and you can't get in all countries in the world. So I'm just listing these restricted vaccines for the sake of having a complete list, but it's very likely you won't be able to access any of those, but perhaps if you do, you can consider. So the last category of vaccine is required vaccines. So the first vaccine here in our list is the yellow fever vaccine. So we already talked about the yellow fever vaccine as being one of the recommended travel vaccines. And it is required to provide the certificate of vaccination against yellow fever to enter in some countries around the world. Second vaccine, here in this category is the meningitis vaccine, which we also talked about in the recommended travel vaccines. And meningitis vaccination is required, if I'm not mistaken, to enter in South Arabia. So the third item here in our list is the polio vaccine. And the polio vaccine, it's very likely a vaccine that you already took, since it is a routine vaccine in most countries. The polio vaccine is required to enter in South Arabia, if I'm not mistaken. And finally, a new addition to the list, I think, will be the COVID vaccine, at least in the years to come. I think the COVID vaccine will be required to enter in many countries. Therefore, you're going to need to carry around the certificate that proves you took the vaccine beforehand. Or well, Mr. B, so since we talk about the list of vaccine enormous should take... Maybe we should talk about the things they should think about before taking vaccines. Yeah, so there are a couple of considerations that I would make before I start to take these travel vaccines. The first one is to check your unique health circumstances. So these are things like if you have any underlying condition that might require you to be vaccinated in a different manner if you're pregnant. Uh, for women, if you are immunosuppressed, among other things. Once again, we are not doctors, so the best thing for you to do is to consult with a doctor to see which vaccines make sense for you to take. The second consideration that I would make is to consider exactly which vaccines make sense for you to take depending on where you're planning to go. In my opinion, if I had the time and the money, I would take basically all the vaccines listed previously. Nonetheless, you might want to select just a few of those, primarily based on the countries that you plan to go, as well as the type of environments within the countries that you intend to stay. This is either urban environments or rural environments. So if that's the case for you, i.e. if you want to select the vaccines, it is very important to once again, talk to a health expert to check which of the previously listed vaccines would make sense for you to take. 
a third thing that I would think about has to do with which exact vaccines I already took before. So the important thing here is to check your immunization records to see which vaccines you already previously took. Sometimes, even if you took a vaccine before, it might be required for you to take a booster dose because the immunity is already down against that specific disease. The last thing that I would watch out for is your current health status. So I would recommend you to start taking all these vaccines when you're feeling overall okay, or at the very least, you're not feeling sick. This is because even though the great majority of side effects of vaccines are very mild and temporary, sometimes you might get stronger side effects. Therefore, it makes sense for you to be feeling okay in the first place. So, Mr. B, the next question is, where and when should someone take travel vaccines? So, let's start with the question of where to take travel vaccines. Typically, in most countries, you can take travel vaccines in travel clinics, pharmacies, or hospitals in your home country. Most of the vaccines that we previously listed are quite easily found across the globe, so that shouldn't be a big issue. In the beginning of this episode, we placed this topic of vaccination within the nomadic life prep step of our system, which is the first step, i.e. the things you should do when you are still in your home country before you start your digital nomad journey. There are two reasons why I would recommend you taking all these travel vaccines that we talked about in your home country rather than abroad. So the first reason why I would recommend you to take in your home country is because if you take there, you're going to be protected from the get-go, which is a great thing, right? So when you arrive in your first destination, you're already protected. The second reason is because depending on the country in which you are planning to go, especially if you're considering to go to some more developing countries, it might be a little bit trickier to get vaccinated there. And the reason for that is because you want to avoid at all costs counterfeit vaccines and or vaccines that were not stored in the right conditions, especially in terms of temperature, since this can lead to a least effective vaccine. So assessing these things, i.e. the authenticity and conditions of storage, might be a very hard thing to be done when you are abroad. So unless you're going, let's say, to a very developed country in which you can be almost certain that uh, counterfeit vaccines and storage conditions won't be a problem, I would rather research a good place and take these travel vaccines back in my home country. Now that we have talked about where to take travel vaccines, let's talk about when to take those. So as a rule of thumb, I would start getting immunized with travel vaccines two to three months before the start of my digital nomad journey. This is because some of the vaccines that we have saw required many doses. So this might take a while to complete the full course. Also, we need to factor in that for the majority of vaccines, in order to have the full immune response, you're going to need to wait for about two weeks from the last dose of the vaccine course. Therefore, if you start taking vaccines two to three months prior to the start of your trip, you should have a safe margin. Also, a related point that I would like to make 
to do with when you're taking the vaccines is that for the majority of vaccines, you will be able to take more than one type at once. So for example, if it's the first time you're visiting, let's say a travel clinic, you might take rabies vaccine dose, uh, Japanese encephalitis vaccine dose, and the cholera vaccine. In certain circumstances, multiple vaccines of different types will not be possible to be taken all at once. This is because of possible side effects of combining too many vaccines. And this seems to be especially the case when you're dealing with live attenuated virus vaccines, which are the kinds of vaccines that typically give more side effects, or because there might be some sort of interaction between different types of vaccines. And if that's the case, you might need to wait between 15 to 30 days between different vaccine types in order to avoid this interaction. Yeah, Mr. B, so now we have go through an overview of travel vaccines. Now let's go into the diseases without vaccines. So yeah, we talked a great deal about vaccines today, but it is very important to remember, as you said, that there are many diseases that still do not have a vaccine against. And many of these diseases, digital nomads might encounter in their journey. Therefore, it is very important to take extra measures to avoid these diseases that do not have a vaccine against. Some of the measures that I would recommend are the following. Bringing the necessary medication either for the prophylaxis of some diseases, such as malaria, that you can take some pills. As we said, the malaria vaccine is not widely available, but there is a medication that can be used as prophylaxis, as well as some other medications that might help you to treat specific conditions. If you're interested in this topic about which medications would be recommended for digital nomads to take in their journey, you can listen to episode number 27. Another precautionary measure that I would take is to prevent mosquito-borne diseases. So even though some mosquito-borne diseases have vaccines against, these are diseases like yellow fever and Japanese encephalitis, other mosquito-borne diseases do not. These are things like Zika or chikungunya. Therefore, it is very important to take precautionary measures to prevent mosquito-borne diseases. If you're interested in this topic, you can listen back to episode number 27. A third measure to consider is how to eat safely on the road. So some diseases that can be transmitted by the ingestion of contaminated food have vaccines against. These are things like hepatitis A. Some do not. Therefore, it is very important to, once again, take proactive measures to eat safely on the road. And if you're interested in this topic, you can listen back to episode 28. Finally, one last thing that I would like to point out is that I think it's very important for all digital nomads to have health insurance. And this is because if you, in fact, get a disease, you should have travel insurance in order to avoid extremely high hospital bills. The health insurance that I recommend and that I have personally used in the past few years is Safety Wings. Yeah, so Mr. B, it seems like this is the end of episode. Do you want to add anything to this? 
Um, I just would like to reiterate once again that me and Jack, we are not doctors. You should always double check all the information was for educational purposes only. I hope you guys can take something valuable out of the episode. Yeah, you're right. So if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to leave a review on your listening platform. This is Jack and thank you for listening. Thank you very much.